you done now? Told y'all niggas. You just don't listen. Why must you be hard-headed? Explain, she didn't hear me at all. Now, uh, now, I must let you. I must. Chat room, your favorite baller's favorite podcast. All right, welcome back to the chat room podcast. I am the senator, and this is season two, episode 15. And before I even introduce the rest of my co hosts and our guests today, I just want to say, first of all, rest in peace to DMX. There we go. Also, rest in peace to Prince Phillips. Also, prayers up for all the people living in St. Vincent and the Grenadines that had to deal with the volcano erupting three times. Uh, there's a lot of organizations that are out here to help them out. So do your research. If you can help out anything at all, don't forget to do so. I did it when uh, Haiti was going through their issues. I'm going to do it for this one, too. But if you can help out, help out. And with me today, we got Jermaine. What's good? What's good? We also got Coach. What to do? What to do? <laughs> feeling good right now, man. I'm feeling, feeling good. good. Lakers got that <laughs> win last night. Dade is quiet right now. I'm, I'm, I'm happy right now. I'm good. I'm good. Like, I told y'all, man. The worst thing the NBA could have done is allow the Lakers to learn how to play and win and compete without LeBron and AD. That's the worst thing they could have done. Because now those guys are going to come back and good night, Irene. Yeah. You know what? It's too early to be sending shots today. So, um, <laughs> Oh, dang. <laughs> and with us today, we got uh, – I don't even know the best way to put it. We got an athlete. We got a superstar with us today. Right, right now, she's currently over in Belgium. That I know the time difference is crazy between us crazy. And, and them over there. <laughs> but only we hours. only six hours. Not too bad. Okay, not that bad. <laughs> Australia would have been worse. But we got Kayla Alexander with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Happy to be here. That's dope. We appreciate you being here today with us. And sure. we're, we're going to get into your story in a little bit. Yeah. And just like your basketball experiences and all that good stuff. But we got to start off with our roundtable discussion. And 
like I said to start it off, rest in peace to Darkman X, Earl Simmons, at the age of 50. Legend, hip-hop legend. And we've seen... I think it overshadowed Prince Philip passing away, to tell you the truth. Like, on my I'm, timeline... I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know he passed. I didn't. Like, I'm not being, like, I'm not being disrespectful. Yeah. Like, I did not know. I, I did not know. And, like, I don't have Twitter, right? So, like, all I, all I knew was DMX passing. And then that, that's, that's all I seen on my IG and everything. And then I look, I'm like, oh, Prince Philip passed? Like, what the heck? Like, I had no idea. So, like, yeah, so... Uh, honestly, brother, I, I knew he passed away when they kept making uh, Tinder memes about the Queen, and I was, <laughs> I, I was so confused. I'm like, why are they making Tinder accounts in regards to her? And I'm like, oh wow, um, he passed wow. away. These people wow. have no heart, man. Like, no, no, that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, bro. They, they make it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say about that, but. I'll, I'll try, um, I'll try not, not to laugh, but that's... I was trying to, but it it caught. I could I could see <laughs> the internet crazy. going crazy, making <laughs> to tell you the truth. So that's crazy. Um, but let's let's talk about Mr. Earl Simmons. What was your favorite DMX song? That's tough. He he got so much. Like back when I was hooping, like mm-hmm. my favorite song from DMX is intro. It's just like the, the build up, the way it makes you feel. Like that's my Don't favorite. The bell. That's my, that's my favorite DMX song. And then, like, if you like, if you, I, I love boxing too, right? So like, like I can connect that song to like Mike Tyson because he used to always come out to that song. Mm-hmm. And like, and that feeling you get when you watch like Mike Tyson gets the ring and that you get that emotion. Like that's the same feeling that you get like playing ball or whatever. So like, yeah, that's my that's one of my favorite songs. But then like. Like he has so much songs. Like, um, Slippin' is like a is like a great song. Like he he got so much classics, man. So much, but yeah, intro intro would be my number one for sure. What about you, Kayla? Okay, so I'm gonna just keep it real. I can't name a DMX song, but like he has a very distinctive voice. So when you yeah. hear it, I know it's him. Um, I can't sing, so I'm hoping I'm not embarrassing myself. The one that comes <laughs> to mind is the. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Rough Riders yeah, yeah. Anthem. Rough Riders Anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's so that that's always comes to mind when I think number one. Yeah, that's that's his uh, probably his his. Oh, it, is his a, it is his biggest. It is his biggest. Yeah, it's either it's either that or Party Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, either like, that, but you know when you hear when you hear the yeah 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 you know what you know time it was. Too. So like you can tell, like, oh, this is the DMX chapter. Yeah, like it's it's so crazy. Like we're 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 kind of talking about in, in, in the group chat, like with like certain people have like iconic moments and like, iconic things that go that go with them. So like DMX, like you can hear the start of a song and you already like throwing your hat and stuff. Like you're already like locked into the song. Like you hear that you're already locked in. You hear the the um the start of slipping. You're already like. You're already in your zone. You hear that bell from intro. You're already in there. You hear the um, Cisco. Nah, like you hear all that stuff to start, to start a track. Like you're like, okay, this is like iconic stuff, right? So yeah, that's why you, you seen that uh that 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 big video he has with uh Woodstock where he's with like thousands of thousands of thousands of people just there rocking because it's just DMX has a feel and he's authentic. 
You know what I mean? So like people connect and they relate to, to that that level of being authentic, and and he had that right. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jermaine? Um, wow. Um, honestly, bro, I have a bunch of songs. I don't have a number one for him, but um, my favorite personally, he was featured on. It's Elo Cool J song four three two one three two one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, his verse, bro. It, it was. His, I mean, his verse. Goddamn, bro. Stuff. But That's his verse wasn't the best. Song. That ball song, bro. It's everything, bro. It's still honestly, I, I I feel like his verse was tough, but like I feel he was overshadowed overshadowed on that song, man. No, yo, I don't like, know. He just came out like I'm not a dog, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bro, like he comes, his, his energy on on the track is like. Yeah. It's like him and Busta have that have that feel that like when they're yeah, on a track, yeah. like the whole track changes, you know. Like Jay kind of has that now in like in like this in like this 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 era. Time, yeah. But DMX and Busta, when they when they're on a track, it doesn't matter if the track is trash. Like when when Busta came out when he uh, when the um the what was it the Jar Rule this hey yo mm. Jeffrey when he came out like that like the whole the whole, the whole track was changed. You know what I mean, so like. Those guys are real MCs, man. Well, how about you, Senator? How about you? All right, so DMX. I know what song you say. I know what song. Which one? <laughs> how's it going down? After track, man. No, how's it going down <laughs> is my second favorite. Is my second favorite DMX track. My first Damn track is, is Slippin', right? Slippin'? Okay, that's Slippin'. I've been through mad different phases, like Mason's to find my way. Like, you know, when you hear... You, when you hear that and you just listen to the whole lyrics of the songs, because for me, I'm always a person that respects artists that are introspective. And DMX was a very introspective artist. That's why that's why I tell people, like, I respect one of my favorite artists are, like, the Commons B album is one of my favorite oh, cool. albums because of the feel that you get from it. Joe Budden's uh, Padded Room, it's the feel you get from it. You know what I mean? So those, so, like, slipping. How's it going down is just, to me, it's just my second favorite track because there's no way that should be a girl track. Like, it's, crazy. it's no way that that should be, like, that back then when it was considered, like, a girl track. Like, that, um, even, like, Hey Love by one uh, Maude Deep. Like, if you listen to the lyrics of them, they're just aggressive. Like, but yeah. it's the smoothest even, of how they talk. Like Even, like, even, like, the song with Fitzko, like, even, like, even that track... Like what these what these want what these women want what these women yeah, want like yeah. everybody like love those tracks. It's just everybody like, everybody was trying to fake fake uh do the running man too. You're just anytime you hear that song, you're like, all right, cool, oh. we got you know Cisco <laughs> was doing it. it. Cisco was doing it <laughs> on a car. Now, he was like, like, yeah, he was, he was like, like, like <laughs> Cisco was his own person, man. He's he's <laughs> He's an underrated legend that people don't give him his credit for. But once again, uh, yeah, go ahead, Kayla. So you know how like with some artists or like celebs, like you get invested in like them as human beings because like their story. Like did you get? I wasn't that invested in him because I I don't know differences or social media makes things different now. But like after his passing, like people start posting videos and start seeing more things. Like I didn't know the other aspects of him, like his faith. Was really mm-hmm. important to him. Yeah, see, that was really cool. So I'm just curious if you guys know about that. Or- yep. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm a huge like, like when I moved back from Jamaica and got back in and got into hip hop, it was DMX, Big Hove for me, right? And then it was those three, and then that's back when there was like the DVD eras. So when you went back and you went to go 
catch like a smack DVD Ooh. and all those stuff, you would, see, you, you would see like the freestyles, but then you'd see like DMX's rare interviews back then yeah. that, that people don't even have copies of to really upload them right now. But like there's there was like the time when he was trying to do do a push up contest against a person doing the interview with him and the guy couldn't keep up and he was just like, yo, I just finished a 40 and, and I, and I outperformed you. Like, you know what I mean? Like X is, and X always put prayers on all of his albums. Always. Yeah. Um, he was, he was the one thing I didn't know was how he got into drugs. And I think yeah. that when that video fixed. came out of how he was tricked by a person he looked up to his mentor. Yeah. Uh, that's not cool, and, man. And that's yeah, how crazy. he ended crazy. up on it. That crazy. was the thing that was the most shocking to me because I didn't know that story. But yeah. you know, Senator, hold on. You know what's crazy yeah. too? I thought about this the other day. I'm like, if he didn't take those things, how would he be like today, like oh, back yeah. then, right? I don't yeah. think he'd be the same person, but like I think that that's what created him, you know, like that raspy voice, um being him being hyper, like I don't know, it was weird, bro. I, I, it hit me the other day. I'm like, I don't know. I I'll mean, be. I mean I mean, yes and no, because if you look yeah. at it, like, he's had his um, legal issues from mm-hmm. going way back, you know? So, like, even even because, like, he, he said it happened, he was, like, 13, but, like, he's yeah. been, like, he's been in, like, foster home, group home, yeah. so, so, so he's been through the system. Like, you know, he, 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 he says it's he's, like, group homes and institutions preparing for jail, so he's been in the system his whole, his whole life. So mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily if, like, if, like, um, if he would have been different, per se, yeah. But he might have just like looked at things like differently. But I, don't, but I think he'd be the same person because, you know, like he'd be different. Life. I don't, I don't know. Friends, to, tell, to, to tell you the truth, I think I think he'd be different because I think a lot. So a lot of the like the introspective rappers that I talk about, a lot of them do you were, a, it was addictions that got them into, and that was their outlet for it, right? I think that he's he had a rough life, and yeah, so um, was it Roxanne Shante came out and talked about when his mom left him. Like, there's a story that is yeah. going viral right now of that. But there's his, also uh, there's his also whole catalog is based on is based on pain. It's based on pain, but it's also the legend of DMX would, wouldn't be the legend of DMX because what added towards DMX was just the energy all around so when you heard the stories you're like something you would be like oh man i know he was on something that night you know what i mean like it was it wasn't just the music it was him 24 7 any story you heard about him every video you saw about him like it was the same thing with old dirty bastard right like it was you knew he was a wild boy and when you hear the stories like him charging three times to do the uh mariah carey track like he went to the studio just fell asleep on the couch and and didn't record anything like he recorded one line and said i'm tired and going to sleep and it took them three days to record the one verse right like those stories are what makes them legendary too on top of the music so i don't know if it would be the same i think it'd be a little bit different but and anyways it's rest in peace dmx rest in peace earl simmons uh you're a legend legends live on and there's a thing going around saying that hope is trying to buy all of his masters to give it to his kids for free that's tough yeah 
Yeah, because he was like, I don't know if in, in debt is the right word, but he had a lot of financial issues, man. So, yeah. Big on hold for that, man. And yeah, Beyonce, yeah. big on them for that for sure. So let's switch it up real quick. Let's talk about text messages and WhatsApp. So, <laughs> so here's my question to, to everybody today. What emoji do you use the most? The prayer hands and the upside down smiley face. Mm. Okay. So what does that mean though? The, the upside down smiley face. I use it when I'm being sarcastic or um, try, if I'm like, like playfully throwing a dig okay. at you. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, know, I was told that the prayer hands are actually claps. Like people they are. are kind of yeah, 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 yeah. I'm praying for you. Or like <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Mir? Um, as of late, it's been the black fist and the brown heart. Why the brown heart? Um, I don't know. For me, it represents like just unity. You know, it's um, we're living in tough times right now, and. And everybody's separating, you know, everybody is taking everything for a joke now. So uh, I just like the bondage of black love, you know, so. That's dope. Okay. Coach? Mine, mine is definitely those, uh, those, those, those laughing, crying faces. Definitely <laughs> mine. Sure. Those are definitely, like, you guys know in the group chat, like, I'm laughing a lot. Of people in the group. <laughs> so, so, so those are, those are definitely mine right now. It's just, honestly, like, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know how else to elaborate on that, but life is good, man. You know, like with, with 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 COVID going on and all the passings going on and like all this kind of hatred in the world, like yeah, you know, like just 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 laughing and kind of just embracing life. You know, that's that's kind of what I've I've been on through this year and a half. So yeah, just laughing at everything, man. Especially up, the, especially the the Brooklyn Nets, man. <laughs> um, for me, it's going to be the rolling laughing emoji. And the reason why is because all my group chats are ridiculous. And I may not, I don't really talk too much in the group chats, but I might send something that I see that's ridiculous. And just the responses back to it just makes me laugh. So it's always just the rolling, rolling laughing emoji for me. Yeah. It's just easy that way. <laughs> Last question of the round table, and then we're going to learn a lot more about Kayla. So, oh. what age did you get your first cell phone? And do you remember what phone it was? Oh, I remember that. Oh, my God. Um, I was 15. I had a Sony Ericsson. I kept mm. playing um, I kept playing uh, Sims, bro. I was addicted to that game. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta yo, get my Sims wife. Me. I gotta get everybody. Yo, yo, so Sims, Sims, and Roller Coaster Tycoon. Those were the games. Those were the games. Yo, they used to come in the um, cereal boxes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Coach? Um. So the first one I ever got was one of those BlackBerry bricks, like you know those big, ugly Blackberries. Yeah. And it wasn't my phone. It was my dad's phone. I just kind of took and took over it. But those big, ugly bricks, and I must have been grade nine. 
And then grade 10, I went and got my own phone. And the phone I got was, I don't know if y'all remember those those LG phones that had like the screen on the outside of the phone. You mm-hmm. kind of like watch like shows and stuff on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Like phone. Yeah, so like I had one of those and I got that in grade 10. And I, and I thought I was hot. What? I had my, I had my do-rag on. I thought I was hot with <laughs> it. <bro. laughs> Grade 10. I got a side kicking in grade 10. Grade 10, grade yeah. 10 at West still. Grade 10 at West still playing ball with with, with, with that LG phone. I thought it was hot, man. <laughs> what about you, Kayla? Hey, so our family moved to Barrie after grade five, I think. So in grade six, I think I was 10 or 11, I got my first phone. I believe it was like a Nokia. Nothing fancy. Like I had the snake game that I would play all the time. And it was just yeah, snake. texting <laughs> and calling because... We were walking home from school. So mm-hmm. just if anything ever happened, cell phone for safety reasons. So I think I was with six. Yeah. It's crazy. Like if we if we like just kind of go back to like when we when we were like high school with phones, like how long it would take to text one word because you gotta keep pressing the same button. It's the same button, bro. The dial <laughs> a number. Get to a letter. <laughs> that that T9 setting. Oh yeah, man. that's crazy. That's so terrible. That's um, crazy. And and, and and now we got text to talk. <laughs> <laughs> For me, my story is my story is very wild because I got my first phone when I turned 18. And it was I was working at Old Navy. This is the craziest shit. So the day after. I signed like you remember you would sign like a three year contract with whatever company to yeah. get your phone whatever yeah 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 so the day after I signed the three year contract and I got my phone I lost my job three it was the like, six evenings of the weekend yeah it was the craziest <laughs> thing like I I was so hyped the day before I was like yeah I'm good whatever and then the next day I went into work I was working at Old Navy and they're like five of us are let go at the same time because it was a seasonal job. And so I was like, how am I going to pay for this damn phone? <laughs> but that was, yeah, it was, it was the craziest thing. And it took me, a, I was like, it took me a next, like a year before I got another phone. Cause I was like, I ran up, ran up that bill completely too high. So <laughs> that's, that's my, that's my story. Coach. Or I mean, Jermaine. That's Mayor. Yeah. All right. Miss Alexander, um, take us through your journey. Uh, how have you been able to become successful in what you do? Okay. Um, I guess I guess we're focusing on basketball. So I started playing at the age of 12. Um, I had a friend. Well, we're still friends to this day, actually. I was just talking to her like two hours ago. Um, Nicole Murphy. And she, we're in the same class together. We are both tall for her age. She was going to this basketball tryout. She was like, Kayla, come with me to this basketball tryout. <laughs> I had not really played basketball before that. So I was like, okay, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I don't say anything once. I go and, you know, I'm just thankful like videotaping your kids wasn't as popular back then because it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. Um, went to the trial, struggled all the way through that. I struggled through every round. I kept making the cut. And then finally, um, last round, I make the team to my mom and she's in shock. She's, she asked the coach, like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah, we can't teach height, but we can teach basketball. So yeah. I had a friend, Nicole, and my first coach, Wendy Kovacs and coach, uh, Keith Macy, they gave me a chance. Um, and then from there, I just worked at the game, realized, like, I'm actually 
half decent once you put some work behind it and learn some skill um, that I actually had a fun time playing it. So I've been playing since 12. I've been playing now for the past 18 years, eight years professionally. Crazy. And it's, it's been a journey. It's been some highs, some lows, but I wouldn't change it for anything because it's developed me into the person that I am today. So, so that's a really short version of it, I guess. Um, but I guess success, I, I know it varies for everybody depending on your definition of it. Um, but um, I would say what played a role in some of the success that I've had so far um, would be number one, my family and my community, like having parents and my siblings and friends who support you and encourage you um, through the highs and the lows. Um, my faith, um, that's really important to me and having keeping God first and knowing that he's guiding me through every situation and just trying to glorify him and everything that I do. Um, and then I'd also say just work ethic, like um, being willing to put in the work, loving to learn. Um, I think that all, all three of those things played a role into getting me to where I am today. That's dope. That's dope. Amazing. Amazing. And like you, you, you kind of touched on like playing pro, like you, you're, you're in Belgium right now. Um, kind of also like, like, you're in WNBA playing for Minnesota and stuff. Am I echoing? Is that just me? Um, sorry, can, yeah, it's, so. it's coming in and out, but it's is we can't really fix that to tell you the truth. So okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, no. So I'm saying, yeah. So like, kind of playing off of that. Um, you're playing in Belgium. You're playing WNBA, Minnesota Lynx, and stuff. Like, take us through, kind of say your your kind of um, typical like like a typical game day for you. Like, what does that look like? How do you how do you prepare? Like, what's your routine like? What's that like for you? Um, okay, so here in Belgium, it's a little different. Um, we play a lot of our games in the evening, uh, usually like eight eight thirty. Um, so we'll have shoot around in the morning. Go to shoot around. No, I'll wake up and eat first. <laughs> I was my meals in. <laughs> then we'll go to shoot around. After that, um, I'll come back home. I will eat again. Uh, maybe look through some film depending on our matchup, uh, do some other like just random stuff at home, take a nap. I'm really big on pre-game naps. If I can get a nap and I'll take it. Um, wake up, uh, eat again, and then we'll usually head off to the gym. I like to get there a little early um, to get some shots and like warm up before we actually do our team warm up and then play. So pretty simple for the most part. Um, but like you said, yeah, I was pretty fortunate. I earned a degree or I earned a scholarship to play at Syracuse, played there for four years. Um, my senior year, I got drafted to the San Antonio Stars, I played with them for five years, then um, with Indiana Fever, then I got waived, um, then got picked up towards the end of the season by Chicago. And then this last summer, I was lucky enough to play in the bubble with the Minnesota Lynx. So, I'm so, so like, so I guess kind of my my, my follow-up question to that would be like, um, like for WNBA and for overseas, like, damn, that's bothering me. Um, for WNBA and for overseas, kind of like, what is the difference? I would say for like travel and stuff. Okay, um, it it varies. So with the W, it's only during the summertime. So um, there's 12 teams, so you're playing anywhere from like New York all the way to like LA. Um, so it varies travel-wise for that. Um, you're playing roughly, I think it's like 33, 34 games in a season. Um, so there's that aspect of it, but it's fun. Like I always enjoyed it. Um, mm -hmm. And then overseas, it, it varies. So my first three years, I played in Russia. 
So the travel there, <laughs> Rush is huge. So yeah. <laughs> there was times where, depending on your team, like my first year, we took a 24-hour bus ride to one game to play and then got right back on that bus and did the 24-hour oh bus ride. So that was cool. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. Uh, there's also, like, the night trains. So you'll get on the night train for, like, six to eight hours. Then you'll catch the flights to your destination. So because Russia is huge. So that's one travel experience. Um, I also had the privilege of playing in France for a year. So for the most part... We would bust again, but it wasn't as bad. Um, South Korea and here in Belgium, the, you're not traveling more than like two hours, um, maybe bad. like an hour and a half, an hour for your game. So that's pretty nice too, especially like from a rest perspective, like you're not yeah. flying as much. Um, yeah. So it depends on like the country and the league that you're playing in, to be completely honest. Um, but I love, I love the fact that an orange bouncy ball has allowed me to go across the globe and experience globe, cultures, yeah. peoples, learn new languages. It's been unreal. So I'm very thankful. All right. So like over the last few years, kind of basketball in Canada has been kind of like on the rise and improving or whatever. And you've kind of worn the red and white. You've played for the national program and stuff. Like describe what that feeling is like um, playing for your country uh, as a woman of color and like what that feeling is like for you. Um, So I have mixed emotions about it. Um, but positive mixed emotions. Like one, it's always like gratitude and just thankfulness because I know it's a privilege to be able to wear like a the jersey that represents Canada, like your country, and being able to rep that with pride. So I always I don't take that for granted. Um, and then the other side of that, I know how hard it is to make the team. Um, I got cut the first two times I tried out for the national team, so I know how much of a grind it is to actually make the team to earn a spot. And then when I finally did make the team my third time around, I went down with like two injuries back to back, which like knocked me off the team again. So I come with the attitude of gratefulness, just thankfulness whenever I get to put on the red and white, because I know what an honor it is. And um, how tough it is. Exactly. How tough it is. And just the names that came before me who did great things on the court were the red and white. So. But I, every time I get together with uh, the national team, it's always so much fun. Just my teammates, the coaching staff, everybody. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As as tough, like you were, you were um, involved in that team that qualified for the Olympics. Um, I guess my next question kind of would be like, what has been your most memorable moment playing for the, the national program? I would definitely have to say qual- helping to qualify for the Olympics because with that one. Um, so, okay, we played in America Cup, which was in Puerto Rico, and I was having like a pretty decent tournament, and then I went down with another knee injury, <laughs> so I missed out playing on home court in Vancouver, no, sorry, in Edmonton um, for the next qualifying round. Um, I was coming back from injury, and then I literally like barely came back just in time to actually join the team for um, qualifying in Belgium, so that was a, that's definitely one of my favorites for sure when it comes to memories because it just... Um, I know how hard it was to get to that point, um, being there with my teammates, being able to help the team qualify for their third straight Olympics. Um, and also like the Canadian national team, like these women are incredibly gifted and talented and they work hard. Like they made uh, Canadian history so far. They're ranked number four in the world, which the is world, like, yeah. the highest ranking they've had. Um, so it's, it's an honor, honestly. I'm just very thankful to be a part of that group and I'm part of the 20 right now um, that squad who will be competing in the um, uh, training camp this coming May so I'm, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that dope 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 yeah uh, so it's like 
But no, I was gonna say, Mayor Jermaine, you can ask the last question. Last question, okay. Um, Kayla, uh, what advice would you give to young black women trying to get to the next level? Okay, advice. Um, the first one I would say is don't be afraid of failure. Like, um, <laughs> you don't like going through it. Trust me, I don't ex like experiencing it. But I feel like t failure is one of like our life's best teachers. Is yep. an opportunity for growth, whether it's character building, learning how to do things the right way, just learning um, how not to do something, um, the life lessons it teaches you. Like, don't be afraid of failure. It's a part of life. We all fail at one point or another. Just learn from it, take the lesson, the blessing in disguise, and keep moving forward. Um, so I'd say that. Um, and be confident in yourself. Like, be confident in who you are, um, the gifts and abilities God gave you. Um, Lean on your support system at home, whether that's your family, your friends, but be confident in the person that you are and don't ever try to like, uh, don't compare yourself and don't try to like compromise who you are to fit in or whatever the case may be. Like God made you uniquely you for a reason and we all have a purpose on this earth. So be genuine to who you are. And just be confident in that. I love that. That's, all. that's amazing. So so before we kind of cut off, I've, I've, I've bought a bunch of questions. I'm not going to ask all of them, but like, um, but like, when did you know, or when did you have that feeling that you can kind of make it professionally? When did that click for you? Because because you because you said that your 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 journey was kind of slow. You were you were you knew you were in, when you came to basketball you were new all that obviously, and then you kind of played four years at Syracuse. Like when did like when did it click for you that I got I have a chance to kind of play professionally and make money off of this? Um, if I'm being completely honest, my senior year of college. Um, so uh, so I got my degree in education. Since I was in the second grade, I knew I wanted to teach. Like, I wanted to be a teacher. That was the only thing on my mind. Like, that was my life vision for myself. Kayla's going to be a teacher. Um, then basketball entered the picture. And then the summer going into my senior year of college, my dad called me. He was all excited. I was like, what's going on? And he's <laughs> like, yeah, like, guess what, guess what? I was like, what? He's like, you're the last name on the mock draft list. Because they have, like, mock drafts for, like, the WNBA. Yeah. And I was the last name. Like, I showed up. Because apparently he'd been watching it. And then magically one day... Kayla Alexander, absolutely last pick. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a possibility. Like, this is people see something in me. And then throughout the year, I was having a good year. Um, I was playing well. And my name kept going up and up the mock draft list. And I think that's when it hit me like, okay, Kayla, like, if you want to continue to play this game and make a career out of it when you're done playing at college, like, this is a real possibility. Um, so I think that's when it started to become like a real reality for me. Um, and then just also learning about the opportunities that there are to play, like not just in the debut, but even overseas as well. Overseas, yeah. So, yeah, I think if I'm being real, <laughs> my senior year of the summer going to my senior year of college, because before that, I was like, I'm getting ready to teach. So. Yeah, that's dope. I yeah. mean, like, you, you, you kind of, yeah, that's crazy. Like, like we kind of, sp kind of spoke on it like, before, like, before with, like, um, like, opportunity and stuff. Like, sometimes things just happen, you know, like, Kind of tough, but um, I guess my next question would be um, so you kind of touched on playing in the bubble and that whole experience. Um, what was that experience like? You know, like being like one of the leagues who were fortunate enough to kind of play during the the pandemic and play like play during the bubble, and then obviously with all of the social injustice that that was going on, that kind of the women's league has been like a big big advocate for that, and like a big like um like. I don't want to say poster, but like a big bill, like a big billboard. Like they were kind of 
pushing a lot of things and a lot of conversations. Like, what was that experience like? Um, so from a playing perspective, it was pretty interesting having like um, so many games. Like it was like you played like every other day. Um, so that was different, but also the travel wasn't there. So it like, allowed somewhat of recovery. Um, it was different also like having all the teams in one location. Um, yeah. And then, so let's say you want to go down and you get your breakfast or you decide you want to go to the weight room and you're on the treadmill. It's like the ref from last game, the swing. I'm trying to that. Getting used to like, your pumping weights and it's like the other team or the other coach. So that was different. Um, yeah. From the bubble perspective, I wasn't a fan of that. Like, I felt like there's no escape. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you mm-hmm. had to be on the whole time. The whole like, time. yeah, like, yeah, I feel like as athletes, you need an escape. Like, that's where you're sure. family, friends, you can go out for a walk, go to a movie. Like, you didn't really have that option. You're on this campus and the whole time. you're people. If you want to, like, get away, I have to, like, lock myself in my room. In room. So, yeah. from like, that mental perspective, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, okay. But I am very proud and thankful that I got to be part of the league this uh, past summer because of all the social work that we did, bringing awareness mm-hmm. for um, what was going on with the police brutality, uh, equality, mm-hmm. um, the voting rights, um, what, we, what Atlanta accomplished with uh, getting uh, one of the co-owners, um, yeah. Kelly Lockler. Yeah, all, just all the work that we did behind the scenes using our platform, whether it was with our jerseys, being awareness to Brianna Taylor, having Black Lives Matter on the courts, like um, just being able to use uh, our TV time to bring awareness and educate. I thought that was so powerful. Um, and the women of the W have been doing this. Like they've been doing the work. So I'm just very thankful that sure. we're finally getting like some shine and some recognition for all the hard work. Um, so from that perspective, I was very thankful for what we were able to accomplish in that sense. I, yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy. Like, and like, and, and like speaking toward all of that, like if you look like, there is a Canadian woman, Natalie, who's kind of been on like the front lines with kind of pushing all of that narrative, right? So it's a good time to be uh, Canadian right now, you know, like the on like the men's side, like you got like RJ Barry, you got all these guys who are um, doing really well in the NBA. And on the women's side, you got women who are also doing really well. And then you also got like women who are on the forefront of like, like they're on like, you call it like the frontline workers of um, kind of pushing this narrative forward of um, equality and police police brutality and yeah. kind of all that stuff, you know? So that's the like As Canadians though, like we've known the talent that we've had here and like, mm-hmm. uh, sure. like Natalie, the people who are vocal and willing to use their platform, like we've known about, I think the world is finally just waking up to- Just catching uh, up. Talent. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. crazy. Yeah. And like, exactly. and like it's, it's, it's so unfortunate that COVID kind of, did what it did this year because I, be, I I feel that both men and women could have medaled this year. Like, I, I honestly feel that, like, because, like, the women have been competitive. They've been more competitive than the men have been recently. Like, we're not more competitive. They've been more successful um, than the men have been. But the men, like, like there's so much push right now with the men. Like, like RJ said that he'll, 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 he'll never miss, like, a summertime playing basketball like all these guys are invested in the national program and i feel that like the talent is like abundant and like everybody kind of sees that talent now you know like yeah it's crazy like for the, like for the first time in a while um the 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 men's side can put out a whole nba team basically essentially like all players who play in, who play in the league right so the talent is there so it's i feel i feel very unfortunate that covid kind of happened this year but 
So I got a question for everybody right now. <laughs> um, a f- was it a week ago or two weeks ago? They had the all women uh, reporting on the Raptors game. So mm-hmm. it was women calling it. It was women analysts. How do you guys feel about that herstory being made? You know, for me personally, bro, it's about goddamn time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't know what took so long, but I, I, I love it. I mean, there's no my, it's crazy. It's crazy. My biggest thing, my yeah. my biggest thing was like I, I felt good and bad for it. I felt good because yeah, it's about time, but I also felt bad, like, why are we celebrating this? Like this should be something that's normal. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say that like, why are we celebrating? Like, that, that's kind yeah, of bad yeah, to yeah. say, but like, but like, like, I was thinking about it, I'm like, <laughs> like, you know, as women I know who are knowledgeable in basketball or like, or, or who, are, who are professional, like, like, I don't know, like, I just felt weird with all the celebrate, with all that going on because I'm like, this should be something that's like a norm. Actual. Yeah, yeah, regular. So it was, it was just weird to me. Like, I was happy for it, but it, it was just, I was, I was just weird though. Somewhere. Yeah, no, it does. Right? 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%. I agree, but we could the we're not celebrating the fact that that this was the first one, like that it's not that it's not a norm. We're celebrating the fact that it's the first. Let's we gotta one of the biggest things about it is we have to make sure that that's spoken about more, right? So that these opportunities continue to happen. Like people had to pay attention. They had to see the ratings. Like it's a business at the end of the day so it is if, yeah if they feel if if they see that oh it garnered how many impressions on social media and how many people watched it then you will start to see more of these opportunities happen but it can't happen without the first one actually happening you know what i mean so that's what mm-hmm. i think is a big celebratory thing like yesterday was the first fem- black female main event in wrestlemania two black yeah, women got to the main event wrestlemania love and that it. was the first but yeah. there's been so many so many talented black wrestlers yeah throughout the year like jacqueline <laughs> it's so it's, many of them man. yeah good to have first but they can't be like the last ones like you gotta no 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 it keeps going keeps yeah. going kayla that's what I, that's what they're going to. I, I, I was gonna say like, okay, so we had this like, okay, so what's next now? Like, is it gonna be like we're not gonna have women like all all women all, all women uh, show until like next like next summer? Like, yeah, like, yeah. like 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 what's next? You know? So I don't know. Like, I, as I said, I was kind of weirded out by it, but I'm happy it happened. It's about time it happened, and we should be pushing for it to be a norm. You know, something that we're not second guessing and stuff. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I rate ESPN. I rate ESPN for um, they have the podcast first take her take. Okay. Where it's uh, Kim Kimberly Martin. Uh, I never pronounce her name properly. Shinokoi. Uh, no, you know who she's like the. You know who I'm talking about. She's like the female basketball analyst on ESPN. Uh, yeah. There you oh, go. Umake. Oh, Umake. Umake. And then. And then Charlie uh, hosts it, right? And they do that regularly. And they even took over uh, first take on TV this past week. So, like, mm-hmm. there, you're starting to see a lot more women of women and women of co- color on ESPN. And I and I 
appreciative of that. We just and like, even with um and make it more. even if, even if you look at like NBA on TNT, like Candace Parker has been a regular on there. Like not a regular, but she's been on there a lot now. And then the like, other yeah. day she had a shirt on there saying um shatter uh what does it say shatter glass ceilings or something like that. Um, but, 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 but basically she's been on there for a while and like, and like her and she's, she's strong. She's knowledgeable. Like Shaq, I, I talked about the last episode, but Shaq tries to talk to her and she like puts, like she, she puts she, one she down. Yeah. What? Like, like I she goes it. at Shaq and I love it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and like, like just stuff like that, like there should like definitely be more opportunity for kind of women to kind of be involved in, um, oh, yeah. not only, not like, not only the women's side, you know, but like. Across basketball, like you look in the NBA, like how many women coaches are involved in the NBA right now? It's coming. Becky Hammond. Yeah, no, I know, I know, it's, it's coming, yeah. but there's still there's so many, like, and even in the WNBA, which is it's a primarily, it's a women, it's a women's league, but yeah, how yeah, many we'll, yeah. women are coaching? You know what I mean? Like there, 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 so so many things out there, and so, and so many questions and stuff, but um, but yeah. Women just need opportunities because the talent yeah. is there and allies who are willing to speak up and say, like, no, like, we, we got her. Like, let's give her an opportunity because that's how the real sure. change happens. For sure. 100%. Absolutely. For sure. Um, need more Popoviches. So, <laughs> yeah. More Kobe's, man. Kobe was a was a huge ally for WNBA and women's game. He was a huge yeah, ally, man. man. So, huge, man. So... Yeah, um, I guess my final thing, like we kind of you kind of touched on it earlier with like playing in the bubble. So we have a lot of talk in the group chat and there's a lot of talk on like social media in general, just, just about like I'm going to like LeBron James. How everyone's saying how like last year was like LeBron's easiest championship because he had to he played in the bubble. He had he didn't have to travel. He didn't have to do this. He was just kind of on vacation the whole time. It was his, his easiest know. championship. What is that like, like? How do you feel about it? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know. I, I, hey, I'm getting to it, man. <laughs> hey, so, so like, everyone kind of saying that, like, yeah, it was his like easiest championship. And for somebody who kind of was in that environment, you kind of spoke on the mental strains that it took. Like, what is your kind of response to that? Like, do you feel that it was kind of as easiest? Do you feel that it was it presented different challenges? Like, how, how do you feel in, in, in response to that? Oh, yeah. So I can't comment on the men's bubble because I wasn't there. I was in the women's yeah, bubble. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It was a different experience compared to the men's. Um, but I will say it was not a vacation. Like, maybe it was better because there wasn't as much travel. So that was travel. easier on that sense, like, on your body. But there's still other, like, the mental aspect, people, like, that's important. Like, we were dealing with watching people who looked like our family members getting gunned down in the streets. And, like, mm-hmm. we were doing all this protesting. And then it seems like you're doing all this speaking up, this protesting, and then it happens again. That yeah, takes yeah. a toll on you. For sure. <laughs> yeah. like, is what I'm doing making a difference? Does it matter? Is it enough? Is it worth so, it? People saying like, oh, that was, no. Like, you, you don't know what it's like playing in the bubble. Mm-hmm. You, if you weren't there experiencing it, like, you, you don't, you don't know. know. Um, yep. oh. Yeah, that's my take on that. But, oh. um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. No, it's cool. Like, I, like I, I definitely want to jump on that opportunity because there's these conversations that happen all the time about um, things not being or being easy with LeBron and all that stuff. And and I, I kind of want to jump on the opportunity because you've played in the bubble. You kind of experienced that. Like, obviously, your your um, experiences were different. Um, but in many 
respects you kind of went through the same thing with mental and kind of not being like like, like having family there or not being not being able to have family there having having um fans there and not being able to have fans there like all those things like like and and <clears throat> like many people don't know like as an athlete like you're routine is very important to you right so like having like having things going a certain way, like like getting to the gym at like an hour before a game or two hours before a game every game getting your stretch in whatever like getting your shots up and then like during the bubble i doubt that was a possibility you know so it's like athletes are creatures of habit and not being able to have those kind of habits there kind of could be a strain so i was just interested in that so yeah all right final question <laughs> and I got and I got it right here. Okay. All right. Cool. And then we're gonna go into our social media promotion. And this is gonna be the hardest hitting question that you've gotten so far, Kayla. Let me just let you know that for sure. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> here we go. You said earlier about your routines, and you have to get your meal in. What is your go-to meal? Game day uh, meal. That's easy. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't like how you just shot down my hard-hitting, hard-hitting journalism questions like this. I mean, okay, so routine. I guess as an athlete, I was thinking about this the other day. I can eat the same meal, like, repeatedly, and I won't get sick of it because it's, it's good. And when I mm -hmm. cook it, I think it tastes great. I eat um, – my go-to is salmon. I do a baked salmon that a teammate of mine actually taught me when I was in Russia, in Sweden, like, my, one of my early years. She knows I always order salmon when we were away, and she taught me how to make it myself. So I always make a salmon with some kind of uh, carb, whether it's like potatoes, sweet potatoes, uh, uh, couscous, something like that, and then mm. some vegetables, some kind of vegetable. So that's like my go-to. I can that's that tough. All day. Okay. <laughs> that's all tough. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So before we get to social media promotion, also want to say prayers up for Black Rob. It just, yeah, yeah, I just remember that. that. Yeah. Prayers up for Black Rob. The report yeah. is that he's dealing with he's the in same bad shape. kidney issue kidney, that yeah. Freeway was Freeway was dealing with a few years ago. So prayers up to Black Rob too. And now we reach the part of the podcast where we get to promote our social media. And anything else that we're working on. So, Kayla, you are our guest. You can start. Okay. Um, if you'd like to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, all the same handle. It's K-J-A-L-E-X-A-N-40. So, K-J-A-L-E-X-A-N-40. Um, you can also support my children's book that I co-wrote with my sister called The Magic of Basketball. Um, that's that's dope. Oh, oh. Yeah. I like wrote it. Got it from my daughter, man. I got it. Yeah, that's um, dope, Kayla. That's dope. Yeah, that's you. dope for sure. For sure. 100 percent Yep. On Amazon or KaylaAlexander.net. And then the last thing I'll shout out for my fellow tall woman out there in the world, um, me, my sister, and a good friend of ours, Nicole, who got me into basketball. We're starting <laughs> this uh, I guess business called Tall Size. Right now, it's tallsize.com. It's right now it's a brand directory, but we're adding way more things to it. Um, basically, the one-stop shop for everything tall: shoes, clothes, whatever you need. So, those are my things. That's tough. That's Amazing. dope. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, Jermaine. Yes, you can uh, hit me up on Instagram uh, at Mayor Creed. M A I R C R E E D. Uh, personal trainer. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah. Coach. Uh yeah, my IG is real deal underscore Francis. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
my my mind is a blank right now in regards to what I'm working on, but just trying to get back in the gym. That's about <laughs> it. Just trying to get back in the gym with the, with the college guys. Uh, this is up, bro. We're we're hearing that we're gonna have nationals this year. I don't know. Like every two weeks, what I hear changes. So I'm just gonna wait till we're able to get back in the gym and we're there. And um, yeah, go get the book. I got it for my daughter. It's amazing. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I got it for my daughter. It it it's a great read. So yeah, for sure, get the book, man. Dope. And as for me, uh, follow my Instagram, my Twitter at the Senator. Uh, don't forget to check out the Not So Soft podcast. Comes out every Friday with myself, Nino Rockwell, Kino the Great. Also, don't forget to check out Talks with the Chatterbox. So that's featuring Joseph and Essay. So they just put out yep. an episode with the collaboration with the Not So Soft Pod. It's on Spotify. Make sure to go check them out too, chattertalks.tv. Also, don't forget to follow the Chatroom Podcast on Instagram at the Chatroom at the dot chatroom pod. I almost forgot what our Instagram was for a second. My bad. Um, and if you like this conversation, if you have any more questions you would like to ask Kayla and you want us to ask her for you, don't forget to email us at the chatroompod at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and share the chatroom podcast wherever you listen or watch because we drop the audio and video on the same day every Tuesday. Once again, merch. We got merch on the way. We got more merch going to be made. So make sure to watch out. We have some more giveaways coming up soon. We're going to get you right for the summertime and some chat room pod merchandise. Also, I want to say this. I am so proud of myself. I'm just going to let everyone know that right now. Uh, So I signed up for slow pitch uh, for slow pitch uh, for the summer. And this will be the first sports that I play since I tore my Achilles. So I'm a little I'm a little nervous about it, but at the same time, I feel like if I don't get out there and really start doing something, I'm going to just live with that fear of not doing anything. So I need to get back in there because sports is, to me, is like a good thing for your mental health. So make sure prayers up for me and my survival of getting through the slow pitch season. (laughs) (laughs) And before we leave, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to Kayla again for joining us. We definitely appreciate you kind of taking the time out, you know, Professional athlete, overseas player, WNBA, um, author, all that stuff going on. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely we definitely appreciate you taking the time out to talk, talk with us today. It was fun. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Nope, no problem. Thank you for sure. Yeah. Also, we want to say thank you for spending the time with us now while you just missed the whole sun sunset. We can see, <laughs> like, the lighting change in the background. The change, yeah. Everything is... <laughs> we're really appreciative of that for sure and this has been the chat room podcast your favorite baller's favorite podcast and we are out peace Peace. out of here